What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Fireside Comics. I'm Chris. And I'm Shay. And we are here today to talk to you guys about Hellboy, the latest, and I guess as far as I'm aware, the only reboot of the once franchise that was uh, headed by Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman. Mm -hmm. And this is this is quite quite a film we're going to be talking about here. Um, there, There's just a lot to get into as far as what was expected, what was delivered, whether people cared or not. So let's just let's just jump right into it, and I will start off by saying, as far as the Hellboy franchise, or I guess the 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 idea, the concept that comes from the comics of Hellboy, I've read some Hellboy comics here and there, um, but I am not what you would call one of the huge diehard fans of it. Hellboy. Has a huge diehard fan base. I'm sure right. most every comic book character out there does, but they have a really they're a really passionate group of people and I've never been one of those people per se as far as the old movies I liked them they weren't like the best thing ever I can't say I've ever owned them but I thought they were cool movies I've always liked Ron Perlman Guillermo del Toro I was actually excited when I saw the trailers for this one just in the sense of oh I haven't had a Hellboy movie in a long time. Maybe this will be cool. Because originally, everybody wanted a third one for the original franchise right. back in the day. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough or remember enough to be able to tell anybody what happened with that or whatever. But long story short, here we are in the now. And there's a reboot with David Harbour, and uh, who many of you may know from Stranger Things. Fantastic show if you haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. um, but I was kind of looking forward to this just because I like the idea... I like the concept of the Hellboy story. Yeah, and it's weird. Like, for me, I would say first impressions going in, I really liked the older films, too, with Ron Perlman mm -hmm. and uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro as well. As well. But right. um, this movie, just right off the bat, kind of came in underwhelming to me a little bit. I would say just coming from those movies before and enjoying those movies i mean because you look at the character again i'm not really a big hellboy comic book fan either mm -hmm. however going into these movies i like the character of hellboy you know it's kind of like anti-hero if you want to be like if you want to claim it it's like yeah i'm saving you but i really don't want to kind of thing and it's like um just a whole supernatural thing i think it's always really fun thing to watch especially on the, how they bring it to life on the big screen so i've always really liked the Hellboy movies but those movies compared to this one it's almost like night and day if you will yeah I could agree with that yeah um I gotta say there besides the fact that it was just Hellboy and I'm kind of intrigued by the concept of that uh I was actually kind of excited this one was rated R but before seeing the movie or anything yeah I, I was kind of excited by that because I mean I mean, it's it's a movie about hell and demons and all mm -hmm. these creatures and stuff, and that's just the perfect kind of story to do in a rated R setting. Right. Uh, I whether or not that helped this movie, I don't think anything helped this movie. Let's no. just let's just go <laughs> ahead and get that out of the way. This movie did not perform well. Almost, I don't know. We went to the theater opening night, like we do for everything. It was a Thursday night, mm -hmm. and there were four people in the theater yeah, besides four. us. Yeah. And now, granted, we're in the middle of the you know summer season is starting up. This is the this is the year of Avengers Endgame and huge movies that people like they're invested in. They're waiting for. That's what they're going to the theater to see. Mm -hmm. So, from one standpoint, it's kind of weird that they put this movie out right now mm -hmm. like any other month after this would have probably been a little bit smarter of a choice for them mm -hmm. just because there's a lot more on people's minds i mean literally weeks leading into <laughs> right right the biggest movie of fucking God. all time so but outside of that um there there's there's been a little bit that has been reported on as far as the production of this movie i guess we're getting into too many details i haven't even told anybody what i like what i think about this movie so far so I like the concept still. There, there were the, there were some action scenes that I think were fun to watch. Mm -hmm. I think overall, though, this movie was not not well made. 
Um, Not at all, yeah. And, and there's, we'll get more into this as we talk about some of the production stuff I've heard about here in a minute, but I remember telling you when we got out of the theater, the first thing that I noticed that was just bad in that movie was the editing. Mm-hmm. There, I would say, what, would you guess like the first 30, 45 minutes is like every five to 10 minutes you're in a new location in yeah. the world with a new a new title graphic up on the screen. Now you're in... The UK, five minutes later. Now you're in America, five minutes later. Now you're back over in Europe again. And it's like, it was very fast. It was way too fast. Yeah. And I think that, I, I don't know if I can pin it all on editing because it, things moved way too fast with a lot of things in this movie. One was, you know, location to location, you know, scene to scene. Everything was too quick. Nothing had a chance to breathe. But there's characters that you get introduced to especially early in the film where it's like, Hey, here's this character. They're a huge deal. They're, they've got a history of backstory and all this cool shit that they've done. And then boom, they're dead mm-hmm. or boom, they're gone or whatever. It's like, you, there's like these, it, it's like introducing, like, I don't know. I can't think of it. It is bad. It's so bad. I can't even think of an example. Off the yeah. Top it's of my weird head. because like you said, with the whole editing thing, it kind of, rush the story I feel like mm-hmm. and also kind of just put everything's everywhere yeah it's hard to it's made it the story really hard to follow it made as, it hard at to... times and it's like it, get, it gets you to a point where you're like okay wait what, what's going on now yeah all right so okay so there's that character but why is she here yeah it's like it's just so many different things happening within the movie and they're, they're they they want to give you all this information at once. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. It's just way too much happening. And on top of that, I feel like like just kind of segueing into like just the design of everything. I mean, just overall looking at the movie itself, there were points kind of going along with that hard to follow thing where the CGI. Granted, it wasn't the worst in the entire world. But it was distractingly obvious Mm -hmm. that that was CGI thrown in there. Almost everything with Mia Jovovich, in my opinion. Yeah, it was it was kind of like, okay, we know there's it's probably not easy to do this just with, you know, practical makeup effects or whatever. Mm -hmm. But come on, guys, like you I mean, if you're going to come out with a Hellboy movie, I I, and I would say with the movies, the Ron Perlman movies previously being such I would say good stamps on this whole character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You kind of need to come with it if you're yeah. going to come with another movie or reboot this whole franchise, especially with someone as popular and right now as David Harbour. Yeah, it seemed like I remember when I heard that he was getting this role and after Stranger Things and all the success that that's having right now, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay, David Harbour, looks like you're kind of getting your moment. Maybe this is going to help exactly. lift you up a little bit. And to his credit, I don't think that he was even close. To, I don't really... He was probably one of my favorite parts of this of this movie, only because... Well, a couple of reasons, not all of it due to him exactly. But I thought that he did a pretty good job compared with most of the rest of the actors, whether that was their fault or what they were given. I'm not really sure. But it kind of goes almost in my in my mind, and it kind of almost goes hand in hand with what we're talking about, where none of these characters are you're not given enough to care about half of them, if yeah. that. Like, you know, you can't introduce a character, tell us that Hellboy thinks they're really awesome, and then that's it, and expect us to think they're awesome too. Like we exactly. need to know who that character is. Right. So Hellboy as the title character obviously got a little bit more development than everybody else. But another thing that's funny, kind of going with uh, you talking about the CG. Everything in that movie was pretty much CG except for Hellboy and Hellboy looked better than the rest of the stuff in that movie as mm-hmm. far as like I mean it's practical effects. There were one or two times where I could definitely tell his horns were glued on there cuz mm-hmm. you could see him moving around when they would like he'd hit the ground. But at the same time like I thought the design of Hellboy was really good mm-hmm. and I thought it translated well especially with the effects they did, you know, similar to how uh, the Ron Perlman movie was with prosthetics and you know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I will say, piggybacking off of the whole design of everything, um, even though the CGI wasn't really all that great throughout the movie, one of my favorite things in this movie was the creature design. Mm -hmm. I think that even though they didn't have groundbreaking CGI, those those creatures were fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, without telling any details, because we're not in spoilers, there's, there's plenty of scenes where you get some 
pretty hideous monsters doing some pretty hideous things. Because remember, this is a rated R movie, and I've actually heard somebody say that they, that they feel like this movie tried to do what Deadpool did, mm-hmm. but you can't just copy-paste what Deadpool did. And I'm not even saying that's what they did, but I can sort of see where that viewpoint comes from. Let's just throw curse words and bad jokes and and just, you know, what just the whole tone of it. It just didn't yeah. really fit what people expected. But, you know, I thought David Harder, Harbour did pretty good. And I know that a lot of people were clamoring, you know, for we want a, a Ron Perlman movie. And like I said, I love Ron Perlman. He's a, he's a great guy. I love all his, the stuff he's done. Um but I, I really don't think David Harbour did a bad job. I think that yeah. of all the things that did not help this movie, he wasn't one of them. Yeah, I don't think that he was a, a huge reason as to why this movie didn't do amazing. No. I feel I do have my own personal issues with with the way I feel like he portrayed the Hellboy character. Okay. But I feel like overall, I think he did an okay job. And I feel like um, I think some of the issues with this movie were more so maybe with the production and the writing and the editing and th- exactly. the behind the scenes stuff. Exactly. More so than the actors themselves. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah, he, I, I feel like he did what, I did. I feel like he did what he could with what he had. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. And speaking off of what you're t- what you're talking about, as far as behind the scenes, one of the things I've been hearing about is there were w- apparently way too many cooks in the kitchen as far as producers on this film. And I had heard about that before we saw it, and I actually I meant to watch the credits and see if I could see how many producers popped up in the credits. Totally forgot. But um, I have been hearing that there was almost. Things weren't structured enough to where people knew their place as far as who was able to change things about the story or the production. Like apparently this script got somewhat of a rewrite halfway through production. Yeah, I've heard the same thing as far as like the producers and the directors were kind of butting heads a bit Mm -hmm. and like kind of going into some of my issues with the way David Harbour portrayed Hellboy Mm -hmm. um, kind of goes into that being one one person telling him all right so this is what you should do in this scene and then this other person saying all right no 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 this is what you should do in this scene scene instead and I think that you, that's evident when you see that in the film. Oh yeah, and, and that's exactly that's exactly the kind of thing I've heard about. Is like literally, I, I can't remember the director's name, but um, he he would come in. You know, I mean, everybody kind of even if you haven't worked on a movie set, you kind of know how these things work. The director is there to sort of he doesn't control every piece of the movie, but he's there to guide the actors uh, as he's going. What uh, Neil Neil Marshall is that? What that is? Yeah, man. So, um, Neil Marshall and basically as the director, you do have a lot of input. There's a lot of things, a lot of your stamps that get put on the final product, but mostly a director should be able to tell the actor, Hey, this is what you're feeling in this moment. This is what's happening after this. You're about to do this. Here's what you're thinking. Go. So what I heard about is that that would happen just like it always does. Mm -hmm. But then in the middle of the scene they're shooting, a producer would come out, stop everything, walk right up to the actor and tell him something completely different than what the director said. Right. So that's just, that's not how, I I don't care if you're making a movie or a fucking plate of rice. Like if you have more than one person working on it, you've got to be on the same page. And I would imagine that can be frustrating as well. It's like if you have one person telling you to do something one way and another person telling you to do something a different way, but you're trying to accomplish the same task. Right. At some point you're like, well, fuck it then. I'm out of here. Yes. (laughs) And I actually, again, uh, and now I don't have sources for this, so I apologize to those that are listening out there. So I can't. I can't cite where I read this stuff or heard about this stuff, but um, I also heard that uh, the stuff that was happening between the directors and the producers spilled over to the actors like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I heard that David Harbour actually stormed off set one day because he was so tired of of doing uh, multiple takes for the same thing, but being told to do it so many different ways. Oh, yeah. And so he said, fuck this, basically, and walked off the set. Um, And it's, it's really evident. Like, this is the thing that's... It's really funny. Like sometimes movies can get made and there's problems behind the scenes and the movie will just go off without a hitch. But most of the time when you hear about bad production problems, you end up with a shitty movie. Mm-hmm. Most recent example I can think of, just comics are on the mind. Where Justice fan- League. Uh, okay, I was thinking Fan4Stick. <laughs> oh, uh, God, please don't ever bring that movie up ever again. But, you know, that one that one was a little bit of a different issue because I'm not sure if the director and the producers were ever on the same page. Like, I, that was one thing where 
the director wanted to do his own thing and the producers, I don't think really knew what he wanted to do until they started filming the movie. Mm -hmm. So that's a different story, different circumstances, but same end result. You have a lot of problems behind the scenes. It spills out onto the screen and then the movie tanks. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure this movie, I haven't looked up the numbers, but I would be willing to bet it is bombing. I think last I heard on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's at a 9%. Yeah, I think I think over opening weekend, I think it's made thirteen million. Oh God! Or I think I, oh, I believe. Geez. Don't quote me on those numbers, but I'm thinking it's around thirteen million. Oh man! Jeez. I think in the I think the actors in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I hope I hope there's some type of clause in there. Um, agreements or their uh, contracts to where I say just in case this movie fails I still get this amount of money oh I'm pretty I'm pretty <laughs> sure most of the time that is usually how it works this is probably going to be a loss for the studio for sure oh yeah for sure um, speaking of actors real quick I, before I forget I kind of wanted I, I think about this almost every time I see a Mia, jo- Mia Jovovich in a movie now everybody knows her from from the fifth element one of the coolest sci-fi movies ever made mm-hmm. I and Resident Evil. Also, a lot of people know her from that because she stuck through all of those. Like, and prop, Zoolander. Props for that. Oh, Zoolander too. <laughs> I always forget about her being a... What's her name in that? But um, so here's the deal. I know just from a couple of things that I've seen her in that she can do well. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, and maybe this is this is... I mean, obviously, this is my opinion, so I can't say this is fact... But it's weird to me how many shitty movies that she ends up in. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I, f- I almost feel like a long time ago she got typecast so that I don't know that I've... I, I can't... Outside of a movie where she has some kind of disorder where she can't remember people's faces, I can't think of a movie that she's been in that isn't related to paranormal stuff or science fiction or her or just being space. a badass yeah. like she's usually in the movie as the female badass yeah yeah but in this movie you know she's just wearing like this pretty revealing dress that and she's just she's it almost seems like she's just evil to be evil mm-hmm. like there's the the villain problem in this movie was the same villain problem as Justice League. I yeah. don't care about this villain because you haven't given me a reason to fear her. You haven't given me anything that makes me feel like I care about this character, whether she's exactly. good or evil. And there's a part of me that feels bad for her, but at the same time, it's like, who's your agent? Like, how is it? Like, yeah. surely, <laughs> like, have, like... There's a part of me that's like, has she has she done so many of these movies that she that's just where she is now in her career and it probably won't get out of there? Because, I mean, it's, it's weird to say this because I don't know her personally, mm-hmm. but there have been so many movies that come out that I see a trailer for and I'm like, oh, God, that looks bad. Or I go see like this one and I'm like, oh, that was bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, Mia, I just I really want you to get a break. Like, yeah. I want you to get something that is like fifth element level for you that you can just go and run with it. Mm-hmm. And Resident Evil seemed like it was going to be that for a couple of movies, but then it just, I, I won't even talk about where that franchise <laughs> went. But um, but yeah, I was really disappointed. Like I'm, I'm consistently disappointed with the roles that she ends up in. And yeah. I don't, I, 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 again, I can't justify this because I don't know her personally, but for some reason I'm always inclined to feel like it wasn't her fault. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really weird thing to say, um, but yeah, just all around, I don't think really none of the characters were memorable. I just I don't know. It just wasn't it wasn't that good. Yeah. I think the most memorable character in this movie was a character that had nothing to do with the movie, and you know who I'm talking about. I think, and we'll get to that when we get to spoilers. It was, but. <laughs> It was, uh, he has nothing to do with the story and <laughs> he was probably one of the most memorable things in the movie. Oh yeah. I know and exactly it's, what it's you're talking very, about. <laughs> it's, that's not a good sign. Like in a world like ours where superhero movies, comic book movies are being made all the time and people are eating them up cause people love them. There's so many good ones being made out there. This is not. You know, it's a it's a bad sign when you bring a character like Hellboy to the big screen, and the most memorable character is not isn't Hellboy. even Hellboy. Yeah, exactly. isn't Hellboy, and maybe has three minutes of screen time. Mm-hmm. Would you say? So it's like, 
it's very obvious that something was wrong. It's hard to all, it's from the audience standpoint, you know, we talk about all these things we've heard about. It may have been this, may have been that. It's really hard without being in that crew to know exactly what happened and what went wrong. But it's very obvious that things did go very wrong with this. So, and, and my thing is this considering the fact that you have the previous movies where Ron Perlman, and just to, to know, Ron Perlman wants to do. He wanted to he, do a third he has, movie. Yes, he has been campaigning for this for a while. Exactly. He, I remember, and I'm sorry, go go back to your thought. Uh, but he, I remember him. He said on Twitter one time that he didn't even care if it it was a thousand dollar budget movie. If the fans wanted it, he wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. But I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, and it's like considering the fact that we have those movies, it's like why do this in the first place? If it's not an airtight story, the plot isn't amazing, the cast isn't all pumped and hyped about it, even the marketing going into this movie wasn't even that great. I feel mm-hmm. like we heard about David Harbour being cast as Hellboy, and that was it. Yeah, they it released was like some the, posters, and then they just kind of go It's like the movie just kind of just went in the dark, and then, oh, it's coming out this weekend. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But it's like... It, the marketing, the advertisement, all the stuff for this movie just kind of just went dark. Yeah, and it's like, so what's the point? What was when you went into the the office to pitch this movie? What was your purpose in going in there? And it's like, I think maybe maybe it was just like a oh let's see what happens kind of thing. But I feel like there has to be some kind of passion behind it. Exactly. If you're going to go into this knowing that these movies made hundreds of millions of dollars already. Mm-hmm. People already, this are, this movie already has a following behind it. Yeah, those movies did not flop. Exactly. They just stopped making them. Exactly. So it's like, <laughs> so people are going to be looking for it. Why come out with this crap? Yeah, it's almost like a, it's almost like a kind of, it's like, it's like if I really wanted to make a Batman movie mm-hmm. and all I did was just throw in my favorite Batman fight scenes from a thousand different stories that I've read in the comics that have nothing to do with each other. Exactly. And that's kind of what the end result is. And that's another thing too, is that this, this movie borrows from a bunch of different Hellboys or Hellboy stories. Mm-hmm. And we won't go into those details cause we're not here to review the comics and stuff, but it goes, it, it doesn't, you can tell, well, I don't know if you can tell, but it's like, a. It is a very, it's not a cohesive story for many reasons. It could be the editing, it could be this, could be that. But they also, it feels like they've got like three or four different plots in there. And either none of them have any weight to the story you're watching, or they get resolved almost as quickly as they come up. Exactly. Which we'll talk about that a little bit more in spoilers, because I think that, I think that one character had a story in this, their own personal story that just really was glossed over. Like it was just not even really a problem to begin with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just, I mean, uh, overall thoughts, I don't recommend this movie and I I'm bummed to say that because I really wanted to like this movie. You know, I was talking to somebody at work today. Hey man, did you see Hellboy? He's like, no, not yet. And I was like, I saw the other day and he's like, was it any good? And I was like, no. And he's like, God damn it, Chris. You can't be coming at me with that kind of stuff. You can't be telling me this stuff's bad. Right. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I want to tell you it was good, but it just, it really wasn't. And man, it just, it kind of sucks. And again, I wasn't amped up for this movie. It wasn't like, I mean, right now, Endgame is everything in our lives. Like that, if it's not Endgame, there probably is no hype level right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I at least went in thinking this could be a cool Hellboy movie. Because we even heard about a couple of... We didn't read reviews before we saw it, but we heard, I think, like a day or two before that it was basically everybody was taking it, basically. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I feel like I I went in with no preconceived notions at all. I I mean, yeah, I've seen the other movies, but I was like, all right, well, let's just see what this does. Nothing expected at all. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really want to you know, let the weight of other people's reviews and ideas influence me in any kind of way. Right, right. But I hate to say that they might have been right on this one. Like, oh, yes. They're, they, they're pretty dead on. Like, this movie, there are so many different things about it that just made it... Bad. Ugh. Like, <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty let down. Um, I mean, it, it sucks, too, because there are moments, like, just a couple of moments where you can almost see a good movie in there. It's like you can you can you can pick one or two three maybe three things from the movie where it's like okay, take that, make a movie of that. Mm-hmm. I will say this the one thing no, that's that's better left for spoilers. Even we'll get to that in a minute, but I I think I think they 
there's a couple of things you could tell that they did. In my opinion, they did right in in an attempt to make this movie. Mm-hmm. But the other things that they did wrong just kind of made all of it. Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. So there were there were you know the idea was there. I just don't think that anybody. Kind of like I think you said something like this a minute ago. It, this had a very throw it against the wall and see if it sticks feel to it. Yeah, and it's like okay, was like did the producers just say, Hellboy, we haven't seen one of those in a while and these movies are making shitloads. Let's make one and see what happens. Or were there just like too many fanboys of the franchise that were throwing their money in? Or did just nobody care about the comics at all? Like was yeah, this... This kind of reminds me, you ever seen like those scenes in the movies where you have a guy, a super busy guy in the office, he's on the phone talking to someone super important or like, oh, uh, someone comes into the office. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Jones, I have a very important script for you here. Yeah. It's a Hellboy script. Oh, Hellboy, I, I don't care. I'm on the phone right now. You do whatever you want to do with it. Yeah. And then he just sends him oh, out well, the I office. that's approval. <laughs> he just sends him out the office. Right. And then they just let him go and do whatever he wants to do with it. Yeah. Mr. Jones let the shit happen in this movie. <laughs> oh man but yeah i just uh i mean i don't have a whole lot more i can say i don't think outside of getting into spoiler talk and speculation or anything like that but um just overall thoughts i i don't do not go see this movie in the theater unless you just have money and time to kill and you just you know that's if that's your reason go for it but even if you do have money you can go go on a tuesday when it's discounted it. rates yes. early matinee where it's like five dollars wait if for the dollar theater to see it yeah. in the movie theater and now th- and this is interesting too for you listeners out there because most most things we review on this show we end up liking and so it's weird when we have it's like well i shouldn't say most things we end up liking but we usually don't have this much bad stuff to say about one thing I think uh, Ghost in the Shell was one that kind of fell into this category. Oh, yeah. Ghost in the Shell uh, was like a kick in the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets was up on this list. So it's few and far between. And I hate doing stuff like this, but, you know, it's just I, I got to be honest about it. I do not recommend this movie. If you are a fan of, of Hellboy... Maybe there's something that that's in the comics that you took from those that you can find in this movie that you would like, but I don't know what it would be. Uh, I would say if you're a fan of the Hellboy movies of, of yesteryear, then stick to those. Just just keep watching them. Just pretend that's all that's out there. Uh, and other than that, I can say I hope I really hope David Harbour keeps getting some more roles because I'm I'm really curious to see. Now that I've seen him in more than Stranger Things, mm-hmm. even though this wasn't a great movie, I'm I'm curious to see what else he's going to get and where else he's going to go. We he was in Mission Impossible. Which one of those was he in? No, no, it was the James Bond when we were watching a uh, 007 and he popped up. I think it was Quantum of Solace or one of those ones where he was like the he was like the FBI or the CIA guy that was working with the bad guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have seen him in more than two things, but I want to see what else he can get. I think I think He's got room to grow, and I don't want to see this movie kill what he could do. Yeah. So, any final thoughts before we head into... No, you're (laughs) like, get us to the spoilers quickly. (laughs) All right, well, you guys heard it here. Shay wants to go to the spoilers, so that's where we're headed. Let's go! Spoiler alert. Major spoilers. All right, spoiler territory, and if I may, I would like to throw this out there, because this is, I think, one of the... One of the biggest problems, and we were kind of just talking about this a second ago with uh, sort of not enough time to really give anybody proper development. And on top of that, when they do have development, it just kind of gets rushed. Like it's almost not even a thing. Take, for example, Hellboy. Hellboy's little own personal arc within this movie is finding out how he came to Earth finding out that instead of being killed, uh, the guy, Dr. Uh, Dr. Broom, Dr. Broom yeah. basically took him in as his son and wanted to raise him to, to be a good person. First of all, regardless of whether we're talking about this movie or not, props to anybody who's going to take a demon <laughs> in as their child and try to raise them to be a good boy. But Hellboy's personal conflict in this movie is when he finds out about that way into the movie. And he has maybe about five minutes of wondering whether or not humans can coexist with monsters and why are humans killing? Maybe monsters wouldn't be causing all this shit if humans weren't killing them every time they see them and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then almost instantly he's right back to, 
okay, got to stop this bitch, save the world. Mm -hmm. And there was another half second when he, when he picked up Excalibur and saw that vision where it's like the, the conflict kind of came back for like a split second. But like, that's the kind of, especially if it's your main character, mm -hmm. you can't fit their entire arc into two scenes in the middle of the movie and expect it to be fleshed out. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they did. And if you think that's bad character plot or development, that's, that's more than every other character got. Yeah. That is literally more than every other character got. Most of the characters in this movie were there for, especially Dr. Broom, he is there strictly to tell you what's what and why it is. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it was just weird. It was just weird. It wasn't it's, done well. Too rushed. Everything. And it's like, not only that, but it's like, like you said, introducing all these characters. It's like you have the, all right, so you have the one chick that he meets who saves him from the giants. Then you have the... The chick that he's known since he since they were little. Right. Well, yeah. apparently since she was little. Since, because, yeah, right. Yeah, because... Because I think he's like 50 at the time of this movie or something like that. I have that. no idea how old he is. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing of it is, it's like he meets her. She's a tiny baby. Yeah. And he saves her. And that's how he, he, they get to know each other. But it's okay. She's introduced in the story. Then you have um, Dr. Broom in the story. Then you have um, the Blood Queen. Then you mm -hmm. have the the random um, mercenary bro that shows up halfway through the movie. The wear cheetah. Exactly. And then, uh, yeah. And then like, and then you have the, the, the seer in the beginning, the seer. And then you have the, the, the guy who was collecting all the pieces, um, the, the, the pig. Oh, uh, the uh, shapeshifter. Yes. The changeling, the changeling. You have him. It's like, you just have all these different characters thrown in. We're just introduced to all these different characters, but we don't know anything about them. Mm -hmm. We don't know why are they why are they here? Mm -hmm. Like even like the brief scene where you have the um the one that he's known since she was a kid, that scene where she's punching the guy and you see the spirit come out of it. We never see that again. We get no explanation as to why this is happening. She doesn't even know why she, she can do it. She doesn't even know why she can do it. And it's like, okay, is that, you just want to say, oh, wow. Look and at the these movie, sparkles. <laughs> it's like, well, why is this thrown? <laughs> like, what's the point of this? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, you have the friend in the beginning who he, um, he meets at the, uh, the wrestling, mm -hmm. the wrestling match, who was a, an ex- agent yeah you meet this guy we know nothing about him which is fine whatever introduction to see oh it's about to get crazy mm -hmm. but then it's kind of like all right he's saying that there's something bad happen happening obviously we know that there's something terribly bad that's about to happen mm -hmm. but that's it yeah. it's kind of just like they just skip over all of this stuff all of the back well we get some backstory as to why i guess because yeah, it starts out very, very similar to how the Thor movies do with a flashback to old days and yeah, stuff like that. And I actually think, uh, you know, this is this is going to sound weird, but the the whole opening thing with Hellboy going to get his buddy mm -hmm. that was doing the whole luchador deal, mm -hmm. I actually liked. The, for me, the like take out take out the little flashback part at the very beginning with the Blood Queen. I actually liked the way the movie started with that scene because this is this is one of those worlds where you can't. You can't start the movie, in my opinion, you can't start the movie explaining how the world works and why it works that way. Mm -hmm. There's way too much into it to be able to do that. True. So for me, that particular scene was a great start to the movie where it's like, hey, Hellboy, got to go down to blah, blah, blah and get your bro. He went, you know, remember we sent him three weeks ago to check out this vampire situation? We haven't heard from it. He gets there and guy recognizes him, everything, but then challenges him and turns into a fucking vampire. Mm -hmm. All of that was cool. I thought that was a really good way to establish the type of world the movie was in. Mm -hmm. As soon as that scene ended, everything went to shit. Yeah. And it was just bad. And I, I don't know. I can kind of see the same thing as far as not being told enough to care being present here as far as, you know, Hellboy... We're, we're, we're supposed to, we're given the impression that Hellboy knew this guy, that they've known each other for a while, that they're friends, they've gone drinking, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to feel real bad when Hellboy accidentally kills this vampire that's trying to kill him. Yeah, it's your friend and everything, but we've known this guy for two seconds. I don't care how much of an emotional connection you guys have. You can't just say, I've got an emotional connection to this guy. And then when you kill him, expect us to cry. Right. You know, so... A little bit of a good and bad mix there for me. Just as good on the scene setting, bad on the character development. Yeah, I thought the scene was. I thought the scene was okay. I just felt like 
again, I thought it was a good introduction to everything, mm-hmm. but I just feel like like you just you just throwing these people out here, and even the scene when he gets back to the agency, the the guy is writing the name on the wall of the friend, mm-hmm. and it's just like literally no one cares mm-hmm. even the people at the agency don't care i mean yeah. yeah they have his name there but it's like all right business as usual and it's kind of like why is this important yeah so i don't know there was a lot of that thrown in there i just felt like a lot of the things with the characters just could have been um changed up a bit like just speaking on hellboy and the way david harbour portrayed the character yeah, yeah. i want to hear something i kind of feel like okay I, I think it's that whole thing of being the anti-hero. You you kind of want to relate to them like, oh God, okay, someone else needs to be saved now. All right, fine. Mm-hmm. But it felt like they were trying to focus more on maybe the comedic effect of it maybe um, because it felt like David Harbour was yelling a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Just like, come on guys, what do you mean? Like just all that constantly over and over and over. It's funny maybe once or twice. It's like, all right, it's okay, that was funny, but how many times are you gonna keep doing that over and over? And then like even at the very end during the entire uh cutscene, it's like he's just yelling that entire scene. Like is you almost can't even understand what he's saying because he's just <laughs> yelling the entire scene. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of, it's like, is this, who told you to do this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's kind of annoying and it's a little distracting just because it's like, it doesn't make me enjoy the Hellboy character. And it's just like, I'm looking at him, just wanting him to stop talking mm-hmm. because he's just yelling. So, a lot of that was kind of annoying. Um, also, too, it felt like I, there was really no emotional connection to this to this character from mm-hmm. my standpoint. I felt like it was like a part of you wants to sympathize with this character because he has this dueling objective in life to be the prince of hell or to be like just a regular Joe Schmo saving people here on Earth mm-hmm. and or not even saving just saving people from the supernatural if you will Mm -hmm. but then it's kind of like in this movie it felt like he wasn't you you don't get to enjoy or the 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 struggle of hellboy right they glossed over it it's like it's kind of like okay here's what you're supposed to do here's what you could have been you're not going to be that all right fine whatever come save these people or come save the world or come save humanity yeah and it's just like it doesn't give you time to really enjoy this character and what he could be and all the struggles of just relating to them mm-hmm. if you will and it also felt like the same thing with the whole villain situation is, is just thrown in there all right she's a bad guy you're not supposed to like her why am i not supposed to like her what did she do what was her where did she come from what was her original they, objective and they even said in the opening scene that king arthur walked up because they were all going to make a truce to where everybody could live together exactly and king arthur fucking backstabbed her and ended up killing her and cutting her up into pieces and so you know, that's one of those things where give us more on that character. Find out, okay, is this, was there really going to be a truce or is, all, is this all just legend? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like what was her real motivation at that point? Because maybe Hellboy's right. Maybe right now all she wants to do is kill the world because they chopped her up in a box and left her in those boxes for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it just, yeah, it's just not enough. Yeah, it's like what was her original purpose? You want to know? What was, what was her original thing? What was she trying to do? Because at the point where we see her in the movie where after she's reassembled Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like it's about revenge at this point yeah well we assume that it's just simply about revenge it felt like it was yeah Yeah. so fun fact uh and then i want to jump back to the blood queen queen for a second and talk about some stupid lazy ass writing but i heard talk uh getting back to the whole behind the scenes production issues and stuff i heard that it got so bad the the producers and the director you remember the tree mm-hmm. that was up on the top of that hill that the whole thing was like her blood was that in was the tree that was preserving her life force yeah. yeah apparently things got so bad that the producers and the director could not even agree on what that tree was supposed to look like and it was shot one way made in post production to look another way and then the director came in and had him change it in post-production again so i didn't notice but apparently and again i don't have sources for this so maybe i'm talking out my ass but from what i heard if you watch the movie and you care to pay enough attention to that tree it'll look different as the movie goes on 
That's ridiculous. And it's like you you guys are really fucking getting into war like, over a on, tree. Guys. So getting back to the Blood Queen, because I wanted to bring this up real quick. This is this in my mind is just lazy, lazy fucking writing. So you get to the end. A couple of a couple of huge examples of lazy writing. I don't remember where they went to where they found Merlin. I remember it was in some kind of cave and they had to like go and like it was real tough to get to, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't I, I don't remember the details of that, but I remember it was like a hidden place. No, we were just told the journey will be treacherous. Yeah. Tre- treacherous. Yeah, and they get down there, they open up this casket. There's Merlin, and he's got just enough life to help <laughs> fucking Hellboy with this one situation before he dies. Oh, my magic is fading, or whatever he said. Mm-hmm. And uh so what does he do? First of all, we find out about this whole lineage of Hellboy being related to King Arthur. Whatever, I don't know. I don't know if that's from the comics, so I can't talk shit about that. Um, but as far as the lazy parts of this, you get down there, and it's super convenient that Merlin just happens to be alive long enough—a thousand years in one day—and just long enough till Hellboy gets here. And then tries to give him Excalibur so that he can go kill the Blood Queen. Because apparently this this weapon is not only the only thing that can kill the Blood Queen, it's the only thing that can cause Hellboy to become the king of hell, too, mm-hmm. which is weird. So no backstory is given on why this sword is the way that it is. Um, all we know is that it only works or it only does what it's supposed to or it can only be wielded by people of King Arthur's bloodline. Mm-hmm. So... Hellboy picks it up, decides, nah, I don't want to do that because he sees the vision of him killing everybody on Earth. Mm-hmm. Merlin's like, no, and he dies and the sword disappears. And okay, cool. Now we got to figure out a better way so that Hellboy's not going to take shit over and he defeats the Blood Queen. wonder what they're going to figure out. Oh, well, how about the Blood Queen leads him to the fucking sword so that they can like, uh, and this is what's dumb. Like you can't, I don't like it. it I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but when you have a situation like this where the MacGuffin of the story is what both parties need, but for like, it can go either way, basically Mm -hmm. like she leads him to the sword, which is conveniently, I think it was under parliament or something in the UK. I can't remember, but it's conveniently right there. So she led him to the only weapon that can kill her. But if it's the only weapon that can kill her, why didn't they kill her? way back in the day when they cut her up. I don't mm-hmm. know. It just wasn't explained enough. Yeah. But this is the part that was super lazy to me. So Dr. Broom gets killed in a very quick kind of just, it didn't, it didn't carry any weight for me. Because mm-hmm. first of all, there was no, I, and there was never a point outside of maybe the, the scene, the first scene they had together, Dr. Broom and Hellboy, where mm-hmm. he's helping him kind of, um, file down, file his, down horns. his horns. Yeah. That part was the closest they came to feeling like father and son to me. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I did not feel a father son connection. And there was, because of that, there was no weight for me when Dr. Broom gets his throat slit. Yeah. And he falls down. Now, now Hellboy's pissed and he's trying to, you know, uh, Blood Queen's trying to convince him, you know, hey, pick up the sword and be, be my king, blah, blah, blah. And then, here comes Alice, or I think her name was Alice, yeah, right? Alice she uses her weird ass power to reanimate people with her tongue or whatever. And here's Doctor Broom from the grave, telling Hellboy all the fatherly stuff that he should have said. Whoever knows when. And it's weird because like you're at a point in the movie now where you have here's the hero right in the middle. Here's his emotional weight on the left, which has no emotional weight. And here's the villain on the right. The villain by this point knows okay, it's, it's tough. He's not really listening to me. I'm having to try to convince him, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Did you see how those giants earlier in the movie probably could have killed Hellboy if they'd really wanted to? Oh yeah. All right. So Hellboy is not indestructible. And what does the blood queen do while Dr. Broom is trying to convince Hellboy to be a good guy? She fucking sits there and listens. You know what I would have done if I was the blood queen? Picked up that goddamn sword and cut Hellboy's head the fuck off. Mm-hmm. And I would have taken over the entire world. Like, there's a lot of, there's a, it's like every time somebody has to explain something in this movie, every character in the movie has to stop and listen because they don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's fucking lazy. Right? The, everything, 
I mean, there was a lot of lazy writing in this, but everything from Merlin on felt like the writers just called it in. Mm -hmm. And it was boring as fuck. Yeah. The only part that I liked seeing after they found uh, Merlin was when hell, the, the basically the gates of hell opened up and you had all those insane creatures that basically had like blades for limbs mm -hmm. walking down the streets, slicing people up. Correct me if I'm wrong. I might, I can't remember if this is something I remember from the comics, but I feel like I remember one of those things pulling a bro's face off. Oh yeah. yeah okay. That was in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and see that that's again, I, I shouldn't be saying this, but that kind of stuff, that was my favorite part of the movie was the creature design and seeing what the creatures did to people. When we saw what's her name? Uh, uh, Baba Yaga. Mm hmm. I thought that was great creature design. I thought there was, and, and it's funny because like thinking back to Guillermo del Toro in the old movies, even any movie that he does, he loves creatures. Mm -hmm. He is a huge person when it comes to doing creatures in his movies. And he loves doing prosthetics and practical effects to make them look as real as possible. Mm -hmm. Say what we will about the shape of water, but that creature looked fucking amazing. That's true. Um, you know, uh, uh, Abe Abe Sapien, Abe Sapien in the old Hellboy movies looked really good for what he was, you know, and so I think I think that's the only thing that went from this movie to this movie, except it just wasn't done practically, so half of it looks like shit. Yeah. So. Oh man. Yeah, that's just a lot so of, much. A lot of poo poo in yeah. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, but um. Man, I don't even I don't even know what else I have to talk about as far as spoilers. Uh, really, there's not. It's weird because there's not a lot that I care to talk about as far as spoilers. Ah, my favorite character in the entire movie. Or no, no, no. My most memorable character in the entire movie <laughs> was Lobster Johnson, and man, when he popped in. It was like, it was fucking hilarious. It, it was way too campy for the movie. Like that was one of those things that felt out of place in the movie. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I loved it. I loved everything that, and oh, man, I always draw a blank on his name. He was Sandman in Spider-Man oh, 3. Thomas Hayden Church? Yes, Thomas Hayden Church. That was him, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I is, For some reason, every time, I, I will always remember him from Wings before I remember him from anything else. <laughs> so... They're they're doing the whole. This is what happened years ago when the Nazis were summoning uh, uh, Hellboy, and um, then all of a sudden Lobster Johnson shows up, and he's he's just got his. They call him Lob or uh, Nazi the, the Nazi hunter uh, Lobster Johnson the Claw, and he <laughs> jumps in, and he's he's just this. He almost looks kind of like um, the way they had him in the movie. He almost kind of looks like. I was reminded only slightly of the Rocketeer just because of kind of like the jacket that he had and stuff. And then, okay. but he had, he had got, he had like this old, you know, like world war two, world war one kind of pilot look to yeah. it. Yeah. And <laughs> when he, when he goes up to the, uh, the, the wizard, the necromancer, whatever it was, the Nazis had that they were trying to get him, uh, they were using him to summon Hellboy. Mm -hmm. And he goes, this is so they know who sent you to hell when you get there. And he burns uh, the claw onto his forehead, yeah. almost like they did with. Um, it, it, it immediately reminded me of uh, Brad Pitt and everybody in Inglorious Bastards cutting the swastikas into the Nazis' forehead. Mm -hmm. Everything with Lobster Johnson was hilarious to me. I will say, literally nothing about that after credits scene made sense, but it was hilarious because Lobster Johnson was there. Yeah. That, but again. I don't know. I, I think that was there just as a joke, but maybe just to get another glimpse at the claw. Maybe. I don't know. It, it felt like, it felt like it was all a joke just because it was, it was Hellboy fanboying over lobster Johnson. Like, Oh my God, I've read everything about you. I know about everything. Can I see it? Can I see the claw? And he holds it up. I liked it when lobsters like, it's impressive, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that shit was funny. But I mean, again, all I walked out of this movie liking was Lobster Johnson, a three-minute character, and the creature design. And all I liked walking out of this movie was that it was over. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to go home. Oh, jeez. Well, that's uh, you guys heard it here, man. It's it's bad. Uh, and again, this is just our opinion, so make your own if you feel like doing it. But please save your money. And don't go spend 30 bucks to see this at a theater and get all that food and stuff. You know, do what Shay suggested. See it on a Tuesday. See it at a dollar theater. See it, you know, wait until it's streaming. 
I, I just, I, I don't recommend it. Yeah. I don't recommend it. That Sorry, sucks. guys. Like this, this, no, this isn't quite as bad as Valerian because Valerian was a Luke Besson film and I, I was sure that movie was going to be great. So that one had more hype to it for me than this one did. But it's, it's always disappointing when I go to the theater and see a movie that I don't like. <laughs> I think like, most of us share that Because fun fact about me, it, it takes a lot. Like it takes a lot for me to stop watching a movie before it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I can think of only one off the top of my head that you and I have watched. And, but it, it's, it takes a lot. Like it's, if, especially for me to walk out of a theater, I have never once, I don't believe walked out of a theater. I don't think I've done that. Because yeah, for me, either. for me, it's like, yeah, I know if it's early enough in the film, I can go and I can get a return, you know, a refund on my ticket if I want to. But for me, it's like, I don't know, it, it's part of the experience. Like, I just like to, I like to make, I never, I've never thought about leaving in the middle of a movie mm-hmm. which for should, non-bathroom reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you should do now is like have a little notepad in your pocket when you go to the movie theater and if the movie is like shitty halfway through like just mark it down okay this is one for shitty movie night number two <laughs> like just kind of <laughs> store right. it away to remember to only watch i'll finish this next year when i don't have anything else exactly to do. <laughs> oh geez but yeah that's that's all i got uh like i said i don't really care to talk more about spoilers i don't think there's anything that's worth talking about really in my opinion do you have anything else you really feel needs to be vocalized no i think we've badgered it enough (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh you know it all kind of sucks but without further ado let's get to that that uh section of the episode that everybody's always looking forward to they know what it is do you know what it is shay Mm, maybe oh it's time for those gold blooms rumors baby cue the music Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, what's up? What's up? Why are we doing Gold Bloom Boomers for this movie? Oh, that's actually a really good point. Because yeah. I'm pretty positive they're not going to make another one. Yeah, they shouldn't have made this one. Okay, well, Gold Bloom's Rumors is over. <laughs> and uh, I guess that's all we got. See you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Until next time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>